Hey guys, what's up? This is Amanda Borrego and welcome back to the podcast of Fight Worth Fighting. On this podcast, we seek wisdom and advice from those whose marriages have stood the test of time and are here to share. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. Go check out our website because we have taken all of the advice our elders have given us on this podcast and created a printable challenge for you. Go to afwfpodcast.com and get a week's worth of daily challenges to create big miracles because we all deserve for our home and our marriage to be our happy place. Today, we are discussing three things. Number one, are you such a control freak that even when your husband does try to help around the house, it's just never right or good enough for you? Number two, is your critical spirit killing your marriage? And number three, do you have a support system and how can you get your husband to help and to hear you out? After listening to this episode, you are not only going to have your batteries recharged to go out there and fight for your marriage, but our amazing guest is really going to leave you with practical ways to get your marriage and your household in order. Maybe, just maybe, it's not your marriage that is hard. It's your controlling spirit or your lack of communication or delegation that is hard on your marriage. My husband and I need to hear this episode more than ever. Just this morning, we were at each other's throats. Well, really, I was at his throat over our house being a mess. He left for work and I cleaned the heck out of our house. And while I appreciate the great workout from vacuuming and sweeping and mopping and cleaning the kids' playroom for four hours, I was left exhausted at 18 weeks pregnant and annoyed that I have to do everything and my husband does nothing. Okay, sure, Amanda, keep telling yourself that. I know deep down that my husband does so much, but I create so much stress and anxiety in my life that isn't necessary because I'm not grateful and it could be avoided altogether if I would just simply ask for his help in specific ways. Us women tend to have our minds on a million different things where men tend to focus on one thing at a time. Both beautiful, both different. But we have to get to a point where we stop hating our spouse for being so different from us and start appreciating the fact that God did indeed make us different and learn that if we would just embrace it and be grateful, it would all work out in our favor if we could just get our communication on the same page. So, Every time you are feeling overwhelmed and done with your marriage and spouse, I hope you listen back to this episode for some practical tips on how to create more harmony in your marriage. Because maybe it's not your marriage that is hard. It's your controlling spirit and your lack of delegation that is hard on your marriage. Guys, we have over 8,000 downloads from this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and sharing it with your friends. You never know who needs to hear these encouraging messages, and by you sharing, you really can be saving someone's marriage. We ask that you help us to grow this podcast and reach more people by leaving us a review. We only have 42 people who have left a 
review. So we ask a huge favor that if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, shape, or form, you go and leave a review and help us get that number of of reviews closer to the number of downloads. If you have an Apple account, you're able to leave a review. So please, please, please do so. If you don't have an Apple account, we ask that you send this episode link to a friend or share it on your social media. We really appreciate you giving back and helping us keep this podcast going. And like my dad always used to challenge us, are you just a taker or are you giving back as well? So please at least go leave us a review. Make sure you listen to the end of this episode for this week's marriage challenge because good intentions are worthless if you put no action behind them. So without further ado, please help me welcome on my amazing, beautiful guests. She's a mom of two, married six years, all the while succeeding in her amazing career as a nurse practitioner, Miss Jessica Gonzalez. Woohoo! Okay, everyone, welcome to our chat today. I am super excited. I have known this young woman for probably like 10 years now. I used to spend more time with her probably when we were in our early 20s. Um, she, I got to know her through through my business, her and her sister, and I just always thought the most of her and her sister. Um, I like When I think of them, I'm like, they're just good people and they come from a good family. And I know for me, when I was young, I could get caught up in like the partying but for her, they just always really, her and her sister just always really seem um, to have, like, stay on the straight and narrow and just have a good head on their shoulder. So I'm super excited for this um, talk today and what she's going to share with us. Um, so welcome, Jess. I'm so glad <laughs> you're here. And if you can just start out, just tell us a little about yourself and your husband, maybe what you guys do for a living and about your two beautiful little kiddos. And then when you're through with that, if you'll just share with us what this past year has meant for you, if there's anything that God has been teaching you and just like what has just like been a learning, just a lesson that you've had to learn this last year. Great. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me to um, come on here and uh, talk a little bit. Um, my name is Jessica and I am from Española, New Mexico. Um, my husband and I, we've been, we're high school sweethearts. So we've actually been, we started dating in 2005. So we've been together, gosh, 15 years, um, married how many years here? <laughs> Uh, six years. So married six years. Sorry, I had to count that. Um, and we have two beautiful babies. Um, my daughter, she'll be five in March. And then I have a little guy named Evan. Uh, he is uh, 16 months now. And we live in Santa Fe. Uh, my husband is, uh, he's an occupational therapist uh, working in, at Christus. And I am a um, nurse practitioner who works in dermatology at Christus. Um, and this oh, last first, year, first oh, let yeah. me say, cause I was thinking of this, I was just wanted to say thank you and your husband. Um, I can't imagine what this year has been like for you. I mean, risking your health every day that you go to work and how scary it must be to think you might bring it home to your family and to your kids and to your extended family. So I can't imagine like anyone who has had a harder job this year than anyone on the front line in healthcare. So just thank you guys so much for what you do. 
Thank you for that. Um, it has been a little stressful, but I think in the beginning, it was a little bit more stressful. Um, this whole year has just been sort of, well, this whole last year was just a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, the, the biggest kind of lesson that this 2020 kind of brought out is to count our blessings you know, every day I would come home and just thank God for the health of our family and just being able to still call our family. There were so many people who, who lost family members and um, being just so counting my blessings for having a job. I, we, neither of us got laid off and um, being able to still provide for our families was huge. Um, and just being able to serve people still, you know, through my job was a blessing in itself because so many um, people just, they need care and, and being able to still provide that was, was big. Um, so just blessings. I think counting all our blessings through this year was, was big and not focusing on the negative aspects, which were many. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's hard to do. One thing that you said that really, really just hit me was that you're grateful that it wasn't more serious for your family and you didn't lose anyone, which horribly so many have and that you can still call and there's still somebody on the other end of the line. And I think that's just right. so, something so important for us to remember is that there, we need to be gr- so grateful in those moments that there is somebody that is still there on the other end of the line. And it's hard to not see who we want to see and go where we want to go. And we can get so hung up on that. Um, so I think it's really important to do what you just said and be grateful and do pick up the phone and call and FaceTime and do all that stuff. Right. And trusting, you know, trusting in, in God's plan for us, I think was big as well. Just, you know, as moms, we worry about our kids so much. I mean, like in our family and everybody, you know, we kind of just, I guess everybody worries about everybody, but I was so scared. And finally I had to, st- I started reading my Bible and just thinking like, God is going to take care of us. Like he has a plan. If it's in his will for my kids to catch this virus, you know what? I got to trust him and know we're going to get through this or not. And that's his plan for us, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I just really had to surrender and still I'm working on it, but I feel like that has been my 2020 mantra is just trust in God, <laughs> trust, oh. you know? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. And that is like the hardest to do. Cause I think as, as parents and as moms were like so obsessed, I know that I am. And I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can go down a dark hill, like thinking of the worst that can happen to my kids. And it's so true. And that's, I have to do the same thing and get in my Bible and remind myself, okay, Amanda, yes, these are your kids, but these are God's kids. And he knit them together. He knows every head on their, every hair on their head. And he like, I, it may be hard for me to believe, but he loves them more than than I love them more than we do and he has a plan and so I think that is such a great reminder and when we can reminder it's kind of like like okay I can I, I can exhale once I remind myself of that. right <laughs> so, yeah so thank you for sharing that those lessons yeah. I think those are things that all of us are kind of taking on this year you know so it's a good reminder to keep those going. Um, so my next question for you and just something that I've noticed about you and I'm kind of in awe, you know, I do what I can trying to work from home, but I, you have this amazing career. 
I'm just wondering, how do you balance it all? How are you able to do so well in your career, um, manage your marriage and your kids? Um, how do you do it? So, so a little background on all of that. I was never really that good at that and still working on it. But after I had Evan, which was, uh, gosh, a year, about a year and a little over a year ago, um, I actually had some postpartum anxiety. And, um, uh, and, and it actually stemmed from prioritizing things in my life. And so I seeked out care, uh, counseling, which, um, was interesting because after a few sessions with the counselor, she, um, pointed out to me that, so <laughs> I wasn't balancing things well. So sleep was horrible. I was just doing everything. I mean, as a mom, you know, we do so much. I mean, when our first kid is born, it seems, I I read a book after seeking counseling called Fair Play, and it sort of um, pointed out that moms, when they have kids, sort of take on two shifts. We do our day shift and we do the second shift. And Mm -hmm. our husbands tend to stay on one shift, right? They don't really (laughs) notice that we've taken on all this stuff because we do it so well, because we are able to just multitask and have a million things in the back of our head. Mm -hmm. And so she pointed out, I I, I went there and she's like, okay, so sort of tell me, she said, what, what do you, what do you do at home for everybody? And I said, well, I do the laundry. I do the grocery shopping. I cook, I clean, I make sure all the kids' lunches are packed. I, um, I just went on and on and I pay the bills. I make sure all our finances are in check. I, this, that, whatever. I went over like a million things. She's like, okay. She's like, so, so what are you okay with letting your husband do? Mm-hmm. And I sat there. She goes, okay, write everything down. She goes, and now point out to me what you're okay with him doing. And I started saying, well, I like to do the bills because I know that there's money in the bank and I want to make sure. And she's like, okay. She's like, and I said, I like to get the groceries because I like to make sure I'm getting all the stuff that I like. And I do the laundry because he doesn't do the delicates right. And I do this and I do that. And I don't want him. And she's like, okay, so what can you let him do? And I'm like, you know what? She pointed out that I was doing this to myself, essentially. (laughs) Like mm-hmm. literally I, I, I wasn't able to let go. And so finally she said, okay, I want you to write everything down that you, you, you need to let him do something. So I finally said, okay, I'm going to let him do the grocery shopping. I'm going to let him, uh, cook and we're going to switch off, um, doing dishes. I'm going to let him bathe the kids every other night. We'll switch off. And so we got to this point where, you know, my, I, I, I would get home from work and I would be like slamming cabinets and just get home, not saying a word, just so mad. And he was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, well, you didn't do this. I got home. I worked all day and the dishes are still there. The la la, you know, I was just going off and he's like, well, why didn't you just tell me in the morning? Like, babe, do you mind just, you know, clean, doing this, doing that. And he said, if you just tell me what to do, I'm going to, I'll do it for you. And I'm like, I shouldn't have to tell you, you know? <laughs> and the counselor said, she's like, you, you have to tell men. They don't, they, they won't do it by themselves. They won't like stop expecting him to do it. She said, stop it. Like you, you can expect all your life and you are going to be miserable. She said, so let go of all expectations, give him a list and your life will be so much better. So that was my first step to 
to being successful in, in that aspect of my life. And it made me a better mom too, because the stress was taken off of me a little bit, you know, letting go of some of those tasks and, and then being able to go to work and come home and know that those things that I, I expected him to do, but I wrote them down were done. It just felt so good. So I feel like having that balance and communication is key. And sometimes I slip, you know, I, I, I forget to tell him or, you know, I expect him, I still go into that expectation mode and expect him to, to know that that's what needs to be done. And, and then it's sort of like we go down this landslide again, but it's, it's mainly my own fault because I, I'm, I'm expecting. And, and she just said, you know, you can't expect. And so yeah. Yeah. that made a difference. That's awesome. And that's funny. It reminds me of one of our very first episodes. I think it's called, um, if the woman will change, the marriage will change. But mm-hmm. she was talking about this same thing and that, um, that one of the couples that was just, I think she said they ended up like getting a divorce and that she asked the wife, well, what was the final straw? And that the wife said he, um, he just, or that like, I have to tell him everything to do. He just doesn't get it. And she said, mm-hmm. He's not a mind reader. And you're going to forever have to ask him to help and have to ask <laughs> him this or tell him what to do. <laughs> and uh, it's just so interesting that you say that, but, um, I think that it's so important what you're talking about because I think that we all get to a point where things do just pile up and become so big that it's hard for us to sort through them um, rationally and on our own. And so I think it's just such a great reminder. Like if anybody is just at the point where they're in over their head, like get help we all need help and whether it comes from a friend um I think that it's important to go to the counts it's probably most right if it's that bad to go see the therapist and the counselor because they can really look at it from an outside perspective and um really help you you know come up with the things that maybe are getting in the way and they don't really have the attachment to you where they can probably tell you, Hey, you're doing a lot of this to yourself. Right. So let's figure <laughs> it out and let's see what you have to do. Um, but I like what you're talking about because I think so often I see that in myself where I'm just like, why doesn't he just know what to do? Or even <laughs> being critical on the things when he does right. try to do something like when he does try to get the groceries or when my husband does try to do the laundry then I just have a critical spirit and I'm like right oh, he's not doing it right you know and then it exactly by even bigger and bigger and so um I think that that is such good advice that she gave you like where can you let him help and then inside of ourselves where we have to work is allowing him to do that and then not being critical at all. And um, I don't know about you, but maybe you can give us some practical things that you you and your husband started incorporating um, that allowed you to get all of the things done and allowed, um, you know, when you had to um, be okay with him taking some of these things on. Um, like what, what exactly did it look like? And I'm just thinking like for us, it's funny because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think it's a problem inside of myself where I 
just don't like having to tell my husband what to do. Like, I feel like it's right. nagging him right? or <laughs> like putting him down. And I don't know why I don't like telling him what to do, but he's I'm the same I'm, way. <laughs> yeah. But what I found is sometimes I just get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to make a list and I don't do it often enough. I should do it more, but he's referred back sometimes he's been like but babe like remember that list you made me like I did all that stuff and it was easy and it got done so I'm like oh yeah like why don't I do that more often so just tell us um what what are some practical things that have worked for you guys right so I never want to make him feel like he's like 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 you never want to like treat them like, like kids yeah like yeah, you're yeah. him a chore list right but yeah a chore list. he actually tells me like your husband you know just tell me what you want me to do today and so what works for me is in the morning, I just tell him, I, I was writing a list before, but now I just say, Hey babe, do you mind like maybe, um, making sure all the beds are made and maybe, you know, doing a couple loads of laundry and making sure the dishes are done. And I don't care if he does it. Sometimes he tells me like, you know, they're scrambling to clean and do the dishes right before I get home from work. I don't care if they're done. Great. Like, <laughs> you know, so, um, telling him before I leave to work sometimes really that that is the one thing that I feel really helps um helped us like you know and I I don't expect ever anything else to be done so really it's just the things that I want done will be done and like there are certain chores that we each do that I sort of so I don't know if you've heard of the book fair play have you heard of it what is it called it fair play it's by Eve Rodsky Fair play. And, I'll make sure to mm -hmm. put it in our um, show notes for people to find. And so it's basically sort of a game that you you sort of make these um, categories on cards. And it's like 100 cards you do. And there's like labeled home, out, caregiving, magic, and wild cards. And you label them like child care, cleaning, dishes, um, extracurricular sports, who takes care of the kids cuts like first aid stuff. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Making Christmas cards, De you know, planning birthday parties, all that. You put them on these cards and then you sort of flip the card over and you say like, okay, um, who does this? And you put it in a pile. Right. And so it sort of like puts into perspective who does what, and then you distribute the cards at the end, sort of like, okay, who's going to take on these tasks? And so that sort of helps to, to kind of just put these things into perspective. Like, you know, I always do the Christmas cards. And so that went into my pile because I, I like doing that. And you sort of pick things that you like doing as well. So like garbage is him. He does garbage. He kind of collects all the trash at the end of the week and all the trash cans and all that. So it just sort of helps to find things that you don't mind doing either and then ca categorizing them into who's going to be doing it. <laughs> that helped us. That's really <laughs> but cool. It's a really good book. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Kind of a fun way. Yeah. That seems like a really good exercise because <clears throat> whoever the individual is, I'm sure as an individual like me or like you or like your husband, whoever that person is like, inside we feel like we're probably doing the majority you know and right I think a little bit of it is I think for moms I mean I don't want to speak for all moms but for me I feel like I can tend to be a control freak and yes. so I think that an exercise like that would be so good because 
I think sometimes in our mind, we're like, oh, we're the ones that are doing all the work. So I think it'd be good because we can pause and see that the other person actually does a lot as well. Right. But then right. we can kind of see, well, maybe if that's not the case, then where can we more evenly distribute distribute these um, you know, chores that we have? And where can we let go and not be such control freak. Right. So I'm going to make sure. So making a list for sure of like things that you do that, you know, like all the things that you do in a day and what are you willing to give up? Like, what can you give up? Mm. And then making a list of all the things your husband does and realizing he's doing a lot. He's pulling the weeds. He's mm-hmm. little things that he's doing that maybe I'm not noticing, but also like I have to remind him sometimes and I have to remind myself to sort of acknowledge what we're each doing. So like if he does the dishes, it's funny. I'm always like, thank you so much for doing the dishes. Almost like, like it's like, you know, or like, thank you for this. Thank you. But it, it feels good. And then when he doesn't thank me, I'm like, well, geez, it just feels like I'm just the person that has to do that. You know? So it's nice to be thanked and to be acknowledged for what you're doing. And he, you know, I think that that's, just something where you're, you're noticing the little things that are being done. So I think mm-hmm. that that's big. It's just acknowledging and thanking each other yeah. for doing little things. <laughs> I agree. I think that is something for sure for the husbands and the wives to take on. And I think that it's easy to get to that point where we are taking those things for granted, like taking out the trash or pulling weeds, because usually the guys do that. And so I think that unless we have actually um, routinely taken some of those things on, it's easy to take for granted because you don't really realize all of the work that goes into it. Whereas like something like the dishes, we know how hard it is. And so when our husbands do it, we're like, oh, thank you so much. And so I think that's such a good point. It's it's easy to take those things for granted because we're not usually doing them. And so we tend to kind of like minimize how much they do. Right. And I never want to belittle anything he's doing. I mean, I can't put in a new door in the house, you know, and sometimes he does, he does these projects where Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, he's doing a lot. You know, I'm just, I'm just mad at the moment because I feel like I'm taking it all on and I'm stressed Mm -hmm. and I haven't slept and I'm, you know, we get to this place sometimes too, where it all builds up and then you just kind of like hit a point where you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's just driving you crazy you know (laughs) seriously so and I also had to let go of being a perfect mom because you know social media I feel like really puts that on you like if you would like to support this podcast and help me keep it going I would appreciate you supporting my business as a health coach I first started on a nutrition program in college where I lost 22 pounds I went to the doctor complaining about being tired all the time, and he told me that the number one cause of fatigue is poor nutrition. So that got me focused on bettering my nutrition, and in return, I lost the 22 pounds. Once I became a mom, I was shocked when the weight didn't just melt off like everyone told me would happen if I breastfed. But thankfully, I was able to turn back to my nutrition program and get pretty darn close to where I was pre-baby. And so here I am again on baby number two, three months postpartum, starting the journey all over again. At three months postpartum, I hit a plateau and stopped losing weight. So I started a 21-day challenge, and I invite you to join me. 
Each day we commit to the healthy and active challenge, we have to follow our nutrition program and be active, move our bodies. Well, I'm excited to share that on my day 11, I was down five pounds and those were not consecutive days. Some of those 11 days were camping where I definitely enjoyed myself. What you can expect from me as your health coach is that we are in this together and support with love and encouragement. I just got off a call with my amazing client. Her first week, she was down three pounds working with me and then only one pound her second week. She was super discouraged and here's what I told her. Even if you only lose one pound a week from now until the rest of the year, you will be down 28 pounds by the end of the year. Hey, I'll take that. And the slower and more consistently we lose the weight, the more likely we will be to keep it off. If any of this sounds interesting to you, please fill out the wellness profile linked in the show notes below and I will contact you and get you going. Seriously. And I also had to let go of being a perfect mom because, you know, social media, I feel like really puts that on you like elf on the shelf and Mm -hmm. oh, my daughter's this and pre-k pictures and I'm just like you know what Jess like you don't have to do all that you know it's, it's okay like I started elf on the shelf last year and this year we couldn't I couldn't find elf on the shelf anywhere um <laughs> I don't know where I put him <laughs> anyways I told Maya like you know we well we wrote a letter from you know kids don't listen to this right yeah I wrote a letter from Santa and um it said, sorry, Elfie wasn't able to make it due to the virus. And she was like, oh, that's fine. You know, but we put so much pressure on ourselves as parents to like be the best parents and make them the best kids in their class. And I, you know, I see these kids on Maya's pre-K and the parents draw their perfect pictures. And Maya says, mom, how, why are their parents drawing all their pictures and you're not? And I'm like, because you, you know, it's, I feel like we have this pressure on us to be perfect. And mm-hmm. that counselor also told me, she's like, you know, cause I told her, I said, I feel like I'm going to ruin my kids. You know, I'm yelling. I, I'm stressed. I feel like, you know, I don't have patience sometimes. And she said, you know, let go of that expectation. She said, just go in knowing your kids are going to be they're going to be ruined. Like this world is going to ruin them and it's not going to, you're, you're doing the best you can, you know? So I tell myself that I'm doing the best I can. I love my kids and I give them all my love and I try to take the pressure off of the materialistic things because I think that that can really, um, just make you feel inadequate, you know, as a mom and, uh, Oh yeah. Especially with social media. It's like you see all these perfect, like it's just and, and everybody portrays the good sides, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, I I I I'm just gonna take that out and not try to be this perfect mother because nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing the best we can, you know? <laughs> yes, you're so right. It's so hard to um not compare yourself on social media and not feel guilty or not feel like you're not doing a good job when you see all these mm-hmm. perfect pictures. One thing that I've been trying to remind myself of um which is hard because I do to an extent run my business on social media, so I'm always like getting obsessed. Oh, this needs to look prettier, that needs to look pretty. I'm trying to remind myself, okay, let me make my social media casual again. Like, why not? Like, I think it's too over. It's overwhelming for me to all to see all these perfect pictures and these perfectly put together houses. 
Um, oh, so yes. let me let me make my social media casual again. Let me post a picture of me playing on the floor with my kids. Or I loved um, I loved your guys's Halloween costumes, your little onesie pajamas. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so genius! Like, why am I trying to put together this I like picture perfect costume and stressing like? I was like, they're so comfy. They look so cute. And so I think that really just plays into like make social media casual again. Like why not, you know, do something that's easier and have more time to spend having fun and relaxing with your family. Like why not? Right. Right. It's so true. I think we're just have so much pressure on ourselves a lot and we put a lot of the pressure on ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. but we're all doing the best we can. Our kids love us. They, I mean, think, you know, Maya says, mom, you're my best friend. I want to be just like you when I grow up, you know? And so we're doing everything that we can. And, and in their eyes, we are perfect. So, um, you know, I just think it's so true. You're so right. And all you're right. All they want is our attention and our love and to laugh with us. I mean, we're, we are as parents, we are our kids' favorite toy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We are their favorite. (laughs) Like that's all they care about. And I actually saw this woman on social media post something similar to this. And she just said like, it's not worth it to me anymore. All of the stress and the work that goes into taking the beautiful picture it's too stressful. And if you could see the counter outside of the picture frame, I just oh. pushed all of my junk to the side. <laughs> all the junk is sitting right there on the side and I stressed my family out. And so I, I think that's so wild. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's not worth it. It's like, right. Yeah. I love it. But, um, okay. So I don't want to, um, rush over something you were talking about because we do have so many moms that listen to this podcast and and I just want to know a little bit more of the postpartum. I did you say it was anxiety or depression? Yeah, postpartum anxiety. Okay, postpartum anxiety. Tell us a little bit more about that and how you kind of came out of that or are you still dealing with that? Um, what helped and I guess um, how long did it last for? Just Just tell us all the things and yeah. give us a little encouragement for anybody who might be struggling with that. And what did it look like? How are we supposed to know if we do have this um, anxiety or depression, this postpartum? So there was a point, so it wasn't until about maybe two, three months after I had the baby. Jess, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your wisdom this far. I cannot wait for the second half of our chat next week so make sure you all tune in for that right now I just really want to go over some of the things that really stuck out to me that Jess shared with us so number one is your critical spirit killing your marriage and how can we overcome that and show more gratitude first of all try this just for one day stop criticizing for just one day Do not say one critical or nagging thing. If your husband does the laundry the wrong way, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really worth the fight? Just stop for one day. This was literally something I had to focus on and pray to God for strength on. I was in such a negative place. I found myself over and over again taking little jabs at my husband. Any chance I got. Really? 
why? I'm so, am I so perfect that I have to call my husband out when he doesn't do something the exact way I think it should be done? It's so easy for all of us to fall into the spirit of negativity or criticism. If we can just fast from those things for one day, I think it will create so much room and more momentum for positivity and encouragement. One method you can try is to cut and paste. When you have the urge to criticize, stop yourself in your tracks and force yourself to think of the good things your spouse does and the areas they do help in. The more you show gratitude, the more likely people are going to feel good and keep doing the things that they know make them feel good. We are wired to be helpful and when someone shows us their appreciation, it feels so good and we want to be more helpful. So stop criticizing and shower your spouse with gratitude. If you're in a really hard place where you just think you're so critical, do that copy and paste just in your mind. Stop yourself and turn and think of something in your mind that your spouse does good. But I encourage you to get to the place where you catch yourself when you're being negative and critical and instead you think of something your spouse is doing a good job at and you get to a place where you actually say it out loud. This may take months or years, but the more and more you think about it and have it in your mind, you're going to get there eventually. So say it out loud if, if you can at this point, maybe not in the moment, but maybe you can say it out loud in front of your kids or for dinner time. Set an example of gratitude. You are the greatest success book your kids will ever read. The second thing, are you such a control freak that even when your husband does try to help, it's never right or good enough? Okay, I'm so guilty on this one. My husband will take initiative on so many things. My husband takes initiative on so many things. <laughs> one thing in particular is doing the kids' laundry. He would get it done, but then he wouldn't use the right right? Based on my control freak mentality, wouldn't use the right detergent. And so I told him never to do it, never to do the laundry again, ever. <laughs> so instead of taking the time to kindly ask him to do it another way or just letting it go, I add even more to my plate where my husband was so willing to help. Oh, another one. He throws all of the towels together. Yes, dish towels with bath towels. Ugh gross. We need to stop thinking that our spouse is doing these things to get us mad or to get under our skin. They're not. We need to remain kind and calm and realize that they're not mind readers and they just don't have the same way of doing things that we do and they're not mind readers. So let's take a few moments to talk to them, to be calm about it, or to write it down and tape it above the washer and dryer until they get it. God created us different and that's okay. It's not anything to get mad about, but if we are so set on how we want things done and we want to be controlling, then we should not also be demanding about it and have a rude spirit about it. If we want ourselves to do things another way, then we need to find a kind and gentle way to go about it. Or we need to just stop being so controlling and then complain that we're all so stressed that we have to do it all. So stop criticizing and stop controlling and pick your battles wisely. Some things are just not worth the fight. And number three, how to get your husband to help and do you have a support system? 
Okay, so first of all, I have to remind myself that I got a good one. I have a good man who is so willing to help and does so much. I have to remind myself that I am inclined to minimize all that he does because I am not the one doing the work that he does. We tend to hold others to a high level of expectation, which we don't even hold ourselves to. So I have to realize that I have a good man who is constantly working. He's not some bum that just sits on the couch watching TV all day. He's constantly giving. He's constantly up doing something. Then I have to remember the fact that my husband thrives on to-do lists. I'm so bad at remembering this, but like I talked with Jess, I hate the thought that I make my husband feel like a child or like he doesn't pull his weight because he does. But lists work for us. So find out what works for you and your husband. Try creating a list together as a family. Maybe you call it a goal list instead of a to-do list. I don't know. Whatever works for you. This is what we did, and I asked him to put stuff for me on the list as well. The fact that we created uh, chores and goals together made us feel like a team and accomplished as we checked off things together on the list. So if you're going to create a list, give your husband or wife permission to add their needs to the list as well. But the point is that you talk about it with your spouse and you come up with the plan. The book that Jess mentioned was so sounds so insightful. I really want to get that list of duties and see whose pile adds up to more. I'll I'll link that book in the show notes. In my mind, my my pile would tower over my husband's. But that's because I'm the one living and experiencing it. But I bet if we broke it down, it would be a lot more even than I think it would be. And if it's not balanced, then it's a great opportunity to see where one person can let go of control and the other can step up. And the last thing I want to talk about is the support system because Jess brought this up and it's so important. Do you have a support system and are you investing into that support system? She said that this past year really made her realize that though there were times she couldn't be with her loved ones, she was so grateful that they were at least on the other end of the line. To have a support system, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to pick up the phone, send the text, and check in. After a phone call with a close friend, I always hang up feeling happy and refreshed. Pick up the phone, guys. God created us for community. Don't forget that. The Bible tells us that it is not good for man to be alone. God does not like loneliness. I believe community helps prevent depression and loneliness. Time and time again, the scriptures tell us how important it is for us to love one another. So how do we create community and have a support system? I heard a pastor say in church this weekend that it is so important to God that we are in community that he gave us two families, our physical family, the one that we were born into, and our spiritual family, our family of fellow believers. We need both. God has really been convicting me recently to get in community and to keep church a priority and to keep Sunday a holy day. It's not right for me to take the easy way out every Sunday and watch watch church on TV on my couch every weekend because of COVID, but then I'm okay with going out to restaurants to eat or going other places in public, right? 
I need to put my relationship with God first and treat it with the utmost importance. I know he wants me in community, but that means me putting in the work, getting uncomfortable and asking God to lead me where he wants me to go. Find those friends who you can be yourself with, who you can share your stresses with and who will encourage the heck out of you. I'm not saying to complain, but sometimes you do need someone to talk things through with. Sometimes we just get so much in our own heads that we make our problems out to be bigger than they really are. And when we have a safe place safe place to say things out loud sometimes it's like oh that problem really isn't as bad as I thought it was and there's also nothing better than hearing your best girlfriend say oh man I'm not I'm so glad I'm not alone my husband and kids are driving me crazy this week too seriously misery loves company but really don't stay there if you aren't leaving the the conversation recharged and laughing about it and ready to go love on your family after the conversation then examine your hearts and your motives and that friendship we all have crazy moments there are frustrating moments in each and every day but are you choosing to always put your best foot forward are you choosing in every moment to fight for a positive and happy attitude? Are you choosing to laugh when you could easily get annoyed? One thing, look at yourself in in the mirror. Try this. Look at yourself in the mirror and force yourself to smile in those hard moments. Trust me, after you do it, you'll end up laughing so hard at yourself, giving yourself the biggest smile in the mirror, and you will feel better. So this is my challenge to you this week. Create that to-do list or that goal list with your spouse and get into community and build a support system. And believe, believe that God is working and that God does do miracles and will do miracles in your life. Do not miss next week's episode where Jess shares her battle with postpartum anxiety and depression. I will also be sharing some of my own journey through postpartum as well. And all I can say is get your hopes up because God is faithful when you are faithful and when you keep putting one foot in front of the other. I love you all and I hope you have the best week ever. Bye guys! Bye guys!